podcast for the smart and superficial girls everywhere. It is I, your host, Alexis Barber, and I am so excited for this episode. So today I decided I kind of want to introduce a new format of the show called the quote, smart girls guide. I love doing solo episodes. You all clearly love listening to them. So I wanted to create some structure because obviously, you know me, I needed some sort of like a ritual or routine for how to do this. And I don't know if any of you guys also grew up listening or not listening. If I don't know if any of you guys grew up reading those American Girl Smart Girls Guide books, but I sure did. Those were my lifeblood for a long time. I think they honestly probably influenced my personality more than I even realized. But this is sort of like, I kind of want to make it a play on like the modern 20-something girl's guide to various topics that are very real, um, coming from someone who's experiencing them in real time, so whatever. It's kind of like a 20-minute masterclass in whatever the topic of the week is. So I want to make these as like evergreen as possible so that you can binge or re-reference them over time. But at the same time, things are constantly changing in our lives. So yeah, I don't know. So before we get started... Thank you so much to everyone who left us a review for the podcast recently. I so appreciate it. Remember, we are small black woman owned and run podcast. So reviews really do help us grow so much. So please take the time to leave one if you have a few seconds right now. It really means a lot to me. And I DM'd the winner of the robe giveaway on Instagram. So you should be getting your robe soon. So today we are tackling something very big and very, very sensitive. So I'm going to be talking about bodies, weight, thinness, eating disorders in this episode. So please, I am begging you, don't listen to this if you know that that's going to trigger you. This this podcast was born out of my experience with disordered eating and body issues back in 2020. So I talked a lot about it then. So I have a feeling that this might resonate with you all and that you might have a similar experience. And I just want you to know that if you are at a point in your life where you can't listen to stuff about this, then you shouldn't. And I have other areas of my life where when I do listen to or consume content about those things, I get very triggered and it really derails my day. So I just want to say with love, pop out if you don't think you can handle this. If it's something that you're also working through and you need some encouragement, I hope this will help too. And I also want to preface this episode by saying I am by no means a plus size woman or a mid-sized woman. In my adult life, I've also never really felt comfortable in my own body. So I hope that gives you some context. So any feedback or constructive criticism of this episode is definitely welcome via like DM um, or email. So please let us know. Please let me know. And I hope that this is helpful. I also want it to be a conversation. I went live on TikTok to discuss some of the issues that I was thinking of yesterday and the girls responded well. Um, Even though we didn't all agree with each other, I think it's really helpful to assume best intentions for everybody. I'm prefacing this like I'm going to be talking about something really crazy, but I'm just talking about what we're all dealing with, which is pressure to look a certain way. I don't think I have ever come across a woman who has not struggled with her appearance. Even my friends who fit the quote of like the standard of what bodies are supposed supposed to quote look like feel like their boobs aren't big enough or their arms are a little fat or their face isn't perfect enough. And so I think that we need to really digest where these standards and where this pressure came from in order for us to heal from that so that we can better approach the decisions we make about our own bodies and the judgment that we pass on other people's body. Let's start off with what we're up against. 
So if you listen to this show, you're either a millennial that grew up looking at the covers of tabloids that were promising women that they could lose the last five pounds and may criticize celebrities for failing to look like a Victoria's Secret model less than six weeks after giving birth. Or you're a member of Gen Z that is stuck between the concept of hashtag body positivity, but can't help notice that most influencers and celebrities happen to be super skinny and we love to praise people for being quote snatched. There is both a hatred of diet culture and the simple undeniable fact that society treats thin people better. I hate saying that. I hate saying it out loud. I hate believing that it's true, but there is power in knowing that society's priorities do not have to be our priorities. Like, I think we've approached that in many different ways with the way that we believe that women deserve more or certain marginalized groups deserve more. We've often pushed back against society's expectations of us. So with bodies, why is it so hard? I bring this up because I think that this show has demonstrated in the last 100 plus episodes that questioning society's beliefs, as well as the beliefs that you might be harboring right now about yourself, is the best way to change them and to match the intentions for the life that you actually want to live. So questioning our background is the best way and the key to finding things that are in alignment with our future. And so for that reason, we're going to take a look at the last 10-ish years of body quote trends that have warped our collective thinking about our bodies. In the last decade, particularly, there's been a massive back and forth about female aesthetics. Like, I think my experience as a young woman going through high school and college really sums it up. So I'm going to summarize this whirlwind through the lens of, like, my adolescence, which largely took place in elite contexts like boarding school. I went to a top college, and now I live in the New York City influencer scene. So, of course, we know elite opinions often trickle down into what's perceived as the, quote, norm. So I hope this offers some context, but of course, it's going to be biased because my experience was in a certain place and that's not the place everybody lives in. I have said this many times before, I am not everyone and I can't relate to everyone even though I wish I could. So let's start with 2013. So let's, I want to think about like this in like little like blips of time. So in 2013 to 2016, this is a decade ago, I was in high school and middle school. I think at this time, society was pretty openly fatphobic still, at least where I was at. Of course, at this time, there were movements led by fat black women for body positivity and body acceptance, and that was extremely radical. At this time, there were hardly any plus-size representatives in pop culture that we idolized. And when we look back at who we thought was plus-size a representative, like Jennifer Lawrence at one point was like praised for her curves. Like she's a size four, like be fucking for real. You know what I'm saying? And then our our perception of what was large was completely warped. Tabloids were still praising people for their thinness. I remember looking at magazines in the grocery store and seeing so many weight loss and thin-centric content. And what made things more complicated was the rise of social media, like Instagram, that was really popping off in 2014. I also want to give a little bit of a shout out to Tumblr because I don't know if you guys grew up with Tumblr. DM me if you did. I remember really distinctly that there was a lot of eating disorder content that was like pro-anorexia, etc. on Tumblr, similar to the way that there is on TikTok now. It got to one of my best friends from middle school. It didn't entice me too much at age 12, but my friend 
ended up developing a severe eating disorder that I personally believe was incited by the accounts that she followed on Tumblr. And these were the accounts like posting like how to get a thigh gap. Remember when we were obsessed with a freaking thigh gap? Um, how to eat less, etc. And honestly, I don't know that her life ever really recovered from that. Of course, you can't always quote, recover from a mental illness that affects you physically like that. But I watched this girl go from being a normal eighth grader with me to dropping out of our very academic heavy school to have to focus on treatment. And she's absolutely not the only former best friend I've had that's faced this reality. And that just goes to show that like what we're exposed to on the internet or what we're exposed to in the grocery store line, like where the tabloids are, can be incredibly damaging. And I feel like Yes, everyone makes their own choices and should take responsibility for the choices of what they consume and what they decide to try. But at the same time, we have to be very thoughtful about what we promote online, about what we choose to consume, because it can truly ruin lives. I think that's where the big line is sort of drawn today and always. Most specifically, I want to say that what we glamorize is often what becomes the norm. I don't think that my friend turned to these eating disorders solely because she wanted to be thinner. I think that the accounts that she followed on social media often glamorized what it meant to be anorexic or bulimic. So did the media at the time, even the idea that eating disorders are a quote, rich people problem. And so this was early, we're still in 2013 to 2016, which is like early social media. We all started to consume these glamorized lives on Instagram on the regular. We were obsessed with the Victoria's Secret fashion show, which is coming back. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's on its way back. It's still, it's a heavily flawed entertainment piece in my opinion. Although I loved it. I loved the 2013 fantasy bra. I loved the Rihanna performance. Like it was a great piece of entertainment, but what it was pushing was glamorized, super thin people with big boobs, which like is insane. This time period solidified in my mind, at least that if you weren't thin, why would your other accomplishments matter? Because all of the women that we were seeing be celebrated in the public light were of course extremely thin. But before we move on to the 2016 to 2020, I cannot talk about body trends and discussions without mentioning the Kardashians. Some of the most influential people in the entire world, and at this time, they were largely in their, quote, appropriating black labor and culture era, which is unironically how many American dynasties tend to take off. And so their bodies emulated that of black features, from the lips to their BBLs to the boobs, etc. It was a mess. Um, Not to mention the hairstyles they were rocking. Oh, what a time. Anyway, from this, in this time period, thin was still best, and people weren't afraid to say that out loud. There were memes about it. We made fun of people for being fat. We failed the women in our lives who just wanted to be loved. But as the Kardashians started infiltrating the mainstream elitist media, their fake asses came with them. And women, often the same white women who desired a flat ass less than a decade before, headed to Dr. Miami for a new butt. In 2016 to 2020, When women's rights over their bodies began to become even more fragile with the election of documented rapist and misogynist-style Donald Trump, there was a sense of louder, like, empowerment that kind of eclipsed the and opened the dialogue about women's bodies generally. At this time, I was in college, and I was a—I had a pretty, like, normal—I don't even want to say normal— 
there we go. We should stop there. I was a, basically a size four that had never worked out and had no experience like basic. Like I danced when I was younger, but nothing crazy. I started to compare the extra like 10 pounds that were probably on my frame from never eating healthy to the thin, wealthy white women in my sorority house who had been exposed to infinitely more, quote, thin is best discourse in the halls of their Upper East Side homes. And the obsession with thinness from my adolescence, as in like the people who I was surrounded with at boarding school, combined with a subconscious desire for having a super glamorous life, made me very susceptible to discussions about weight loss and wanting to be thinner. And so um, I ended up going down the rabbit hole of constantly dieting, of binging and purging. And it was never at a place where I was diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I just could see how all of the obsession with glamorizing your, or, or for me, I wanted to live a glamorous, rich life one day because I grew up so low income. I wanted to be able to fit in with these people. And it felt like even though I was smart and interesting and accomplished, if I didn't look a certain way and that way included being very thin, that that wouldn't matter. So at this time, of course, we're still in college. We're still feeling this way. But we also saw a rise in the demand for more body positivity, like in the runway and at Vogue. This is when people are really like speaking out about things a little bit louder, um, using social media for that. And models like Ashley Graham began to enter the mainstream. And furthermore, the Kardashians formally were able to eclipse their B-list status and they became the sort of A-listers that we know and love now love lol i hope you know i'm joking but we also were dealing with a volatile political landscape um and so i think that women were constantly just feeling like we were hitting the glass ceiling often you know and that became really difficult for for everyone because we're told that we can do anything but when we look at the people in power that doesn't seem to be true. So I think this is where we start to get a crack in our belief about whether or not you can actually achieve body positivity or body love. Ever since 2020, I feel like we've been in a pretty clear, quote, body positivity era. What I want to say about this era is that not only have I been like involved in it as an influencer myself, but diet culture and the decision about whether to support diet culture or not has been a very top of mind for a lot of people. And I was deep in diet culture. That's how I became an influencer. You can go back to early episodes of this podcast if you want to hear about it or whatever, but we don't need to go back there. It was traumatizing. And I eventually was hearing from people on social media and generally that the idea of accepting your body, body positivity, body love, um, intuitive eating, etc., was the most important thing that you could do. And this really resonated with me for a few reasons. The first is that I think you all know, like obviously this this podcast is called Too Smart for This. And the reason for that was that I recognized that based on that belief that I had had before, that it didn't really matter what I was doing with my life if I wasn't thin. I recognized that I was spending way too much time worried about what I looked like instead of what I was contributing to the world. And I recognized like I am way too smart to be wasting my time on fears of how I appear to others, you know, like I have so much potential that I can give this world. Like, why am I worried about what I look like? But I think that's a very natural response to what we experienced growing up is like, 
you're like when we look at women, all we care about is if you're thin or not, you know? So I, for me, started this show because that's when I started rejecting that belief that I had to look a certain way in order to be successful. Two-ish years removed from that, however, and in those two years, I think we were all experiencing the same thing. And we would go on social media and we would see people praising people for whatever body type that they had. And everyone would be like so, quote, body positive. If you saw someone dieting or if you saw someone doing a fast on the internet, you would shame them, blah, blah, blah. There would be so many things where it was like not cool to want to lose weight, whatever. And now we're at a place in 2023 where we're seeing a lot of people using Ozempic to lose weight. And we're seeing a lot of people getting increased, being more forthcoming about the fact that they're getting plastic surgery. I don't know if there's a rate in, uh, I don't know if there's a rise in plastic surgery or not, or if we're just talking about it more. At this point in time, what we can see is that people are not happy with what they look like and they are changing it. And even though there was all this shame for people who were saying, like, you don't need to change anything about you, like, you just just love what you look like, the pressure of looking good never went away. And when I say looking good, I don't, I, I'm trying to be, like, I'm talking about the mainstream. I'm not talking about what you or I perceive to be looking good or you or I perceive to be amazing or not. The thing is, thinness never left the mainstream. You know, like thinness was always sort of the goal. We never like took that pressure off of ourselves. But the thing, but the main point I want to make here is how could we have? How could we have with years and years of of being told that we need to look a certain way, that we need to feel a certain way in order to be valuable? How are we supposed to let go of that in that in like two years? Like just flip a switch and all of a sudden don't care, and all of a sudden it doesn't matter. All of a sudden we're not going to talk about what somebody's weight loss looks like, whatever. I find that to be incredibly like now that I'm looking back at it, naive of us to think that all of a sudden that. All women could just accept what they look like and not want to make changes to their bodies. Now, what's really frustrating and sad about this is that I don't have a take on the Ozempic versus like plastic surgery versus like just loving your body because I'm, I grew up in all of this too. I have my own negative problematic thinking about plastic surgery or about things like this. I have my own negative and problematic thinking about what my body looks like versus other bodies. I have internalized fat phobia from growing up in like with very overweight family members. I have my own issues, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like we are expecting each other to come up with an answer for what this is when all of us have been in this living in the same world that I just outlined for you for the last 10 years and all of us don't know what to do because I do at the end of the day understand how some people believe that if you look a certain way your life will be better and I also understand that for me personally I don't know if the trade-off of worrying so much about what I look like is worth going into a potentially deadly surgery or starting a drug like Ozempic, you know? I think that for some people, that trade-off feels worth it because they value so much what they look like and their thinness so that they can have, quote, a better life, you know? I think that that's a normal reaction to have. I don't think it's a healthy reaction to have, but who's to blame for that? I don't know. I don't think that we can be mean to people who are experiencing or want to 
experience a change in their bodies because we all experience it too. The system, however, benefits from us choosing to make these choices. And I don't know that we can ever all have a long-term positive relationship with ourselves or our bodies if we continue to let that system thrive. But at the end of the day, whose job is it? So I don't have an answer for you here. I just want us all to give ourselves a little bit of grace and know that because we all grew up with such toxic opinions about what women's bodies should look like, that we're all going to have toxic reactions to what's going on in the world. That's what I think is true. I don't think we should shame anyone for the choices that they make, but we should think about the system that's benefiting from us making such somewhat unhealthy choices about what we choose to do with our bodies. Listen, I'm not above... Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, like, the second I heard about Ozempic that I wasn't like, OMG, like, that would be so nice to be able to lose this last, like, 15 pounds that I gained from birth control. But I also was able to stop myself and be like, wait a second, this is a diabetes drug. Do you really want to be putting drugs into your body so that you can look a certain way? Like, is that really worth it? For some people, it is. For me, like, no, of course it isn't. Then I think about plastic surgery and going under the knife for things and how people who are super, who are zeros on TikTok are getting liposuction. And I'm like, Jesus, this is crazy. But I understand also, as a side note, why influencers and celebrities specifically choose to get plastic surgery and choose to get, to do things like Ozempic. Because when you look at yourself on a camera, for a long period of time or where you have to see yourself often, you start to be very, very critical of what you look like. I think that the reason that I have not been the most consistent when it comes to like posting on TikTok over the last year is because I don't really like what I look like. And that's why I really prefer podcasting is because I'm just not in a place where I feel confident in what I look like. But I also feel this pull that like I should feel confident in what I look like because shouldn't I, you know? And I think the shoulding is where we really get ourselves into a little bit of trouble. So I've just spent a bunch of time yelling at you about what um, we've all been experiencing as a collective like group of women, but I want to jump into how we can actually approach these things in a way that's more sustainable and helpful. And so the first thing I want us to think about is forgiving ourselves for having these thoughts, because I think in a world right now um, where we just experience this influx of like shaming people for want to looking for wanting to look a certain way, we can't do that to ourselves anymore because um, it's very natural to want to be whatever the norm is. You know, like you can't shame somebody for feeling like their life or their happiness might improve if they meet the mainstream. I think that it's sort of like when you grow up, like for if you grew, if you are an immigrant who grew up in America, I think it's natural to not want to appear like an immigrant, you know, because you want to be accepted by the mainstream. It's the same thing. So I think that that's important for us to forgive ourselves and note that we're going to have struggles when it comes to accepting what our bodies are going to look like. We're going to have struggles with judging other people, even though we don't want to be judgmental. We're going to have struggles with feeling tempted to do things that are very outrageous for the sake of, quote, looking good. Um, We're going to have urges to want to face soon our photos. Like, that's completely normal, and we can't shame ourselves for it. That's where I want to start. The next thing is, I think that a big issue that I discovered in my healing from disordered eating was that I truly did not actually 
love or respect my body. And that is where I think the real healing work needs to take place for a lot of us. Um, instead of be like thinking that, oh, like we need to be or act or do a certain thing in order to be healthy. I think what we really need to get to the to root of is why we don't naturally love and trust and accept our bodies. And a lot of it has to do with all the things that we've consumed for years on end. But what we can do is get to a place where we're actually starting to listen to and love and be in tune with our bodies. And ever since I went off of birth control and I've started cycle syncing and stuff like that, it's helped me feel so much more in love with my body and so much more connected to it, which for me was very, very, very difficult after being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at 15 and experiencing other physical traumas. I I really did not feel connected to my body at all. And noticing that like we as women have the power to really like connect with ourselves and that our bodies are so much more powerful and lovely than we give them credit for. And I think that's where we can find the most healing. So for me personally, and for a lot of people, I think what you hear um, is like, you can either sort of, you can't hate yourself into loving your body. You can't hate yourself into loving yourself, period. So the best thing that you can do is become more connected with yourself, however that looks like for you. So for some people, that looks like going to the gym five times a week and lifting super heavy weights. For some people, that looks like Pilates. For some people, that looks like not working out at all because they've been running themselves into the ground with Barry's classes for weeks on end. But whatever it is, what it starts with is learning how to trust your intuition about your body and accepting that. And that for me has been the hardest thing to do. But the way that I've done it is by giving myself so much grace and setting some time to really think about, hey, where did these beliefs come from about what I look like? How can I be a little bit more, a little nicer to myself? How can I actually focus on nourishment and actually focus on health and wellness? And sometimes that comes with a lot of research. I've been doing a lot of research on health recently, and that's helps me feel more connected to my body. And when you know more things about the way that you treat your body, then you want to be healthier and have more longevity and be happier. You know, a lot of times our obsession with health starts with vanity, but once you get into the concept of like health, longevity, and nourishment, it can be more rewarding to focus on things like that as opposed to focusing on vanity. And the third thing that I think is most important, the first two being like not judging yourself and two, approaching your body from a place of wanting to nourish it and help it and, you know, be kind to it because most of us have been very mean to our bodies long term is not judging others. And I felt like I was getting into a place of judging others for doing things like plastic surgery and Ozempic when I had to recognize that that is a completely normal reaction to the world that we live in. It's a completely normal reaction to the world that we've told women that they have to be successful in. So not judging others is really helpful as well because not only are we not going to judge people for what they are doing to their own bodies, but we're not going to judge them for the bodies they've been born into. And I think that my therapist actually said something to me when I was struggling with body acceptance, which was really helpful, which was to find examples of people who have done what you want to do or have had certain accomplishments that have bodies that are different from yours or have bodies that are similar to yours so that you can start to uncouple the idea that success and accomplishment and happiness is connected 
to what you look like. And that has been really helpful for me. So I did a deep dive and like found that like someone like Quinta Brunson, for for example, who is such a legend, such an icon, she's like a tiny short woman. She looks nothing like me. And she still, and she has these accomplishments. She doesn't necessarily look like a Victoria's Secret model. That doesn't matter, you know? And being able to find examples of people who are happy and successful but don't necessarily meet the absurd body standard that is constantly changing and rotating through different trends, that's what's really, really helpful. So I think that that is a way for us to really consciously change our opinions of what bodies are meant to and should look like. And I think it's a really helpful way for us to stop obsessing over such an unrealistic body standard that is designed to put us in competition with one another. It's designed to make us hate ourselves so that we spend more money. All of it is really problematic at its at its core, but I'm not denying that our emotions are very real and attached to it. So Whew, girl, this has been a longer solo episode than I typically like to do, but I really hope that this helps us all approach body positivity, body acceptance, body neutrality, whatever, in a new helpful way. Um, It's obviously Women's History Month, so thinking a lot about the history of how women approach these things is really top of mind for me at the moment. So with all this being said, this was the Smart Girl's Guide to Body Acceptance. It was a little more research-heavy and background-heavy. Let me know your thoughts on the structure of this episode. And I really genuinely appreciate you constantly tuning in, listening, hearing out, and being committed to having a better experience in this lifetime and being committed to your own personal wellness and self-growth. So that all being said, if you liked this episode, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Follow us on Spotify, etc. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We have so much fun content going out over there that we're working super hard at. And if you have any feedback, like I said, just DM me at Alexis Barber and I'm excited to hear. With all that being said, love you so much and don't forget that you are too smart to not love yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your day to take a listen to these conversations. If you're looking for more content, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Too Collective. And don't forget to follow me, your host, Alexis Barber, on the Gram TikTok as well. Don't forget, you can also watch our solo episodes on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Alexis Barber. And we do a weekly giveaway of PR products or Amazon gift cards to girls who leave great reviews down below. So please make sure to leave your reviews and follow us on Instagram to be notified in case you win. And with that, do not forget that you are too smart to not love yourself and see you in the next episode.